0: Hello and welcome, you're watching People in Profit. I'm Chapey Grand. Coming up… Europe's farmers in existential crisis. We'll speak to a cereal grower about the sector's challenges and the reasons behind the protests roiling the continent. And as Evergrande is ordered to be wound up by a Hong Kong court, we'll look at the dramatic three years that have brought the Chinese real estate sector to its knees. And we'll head to the Salton Sea in Southern California, where lithium reserves could help transform local communities and the national auto industry. Well, throughout France and Europe, tractors are blocking highways and sending a message to governments as well as the public. The people who feed you are having trouble feeding themselves. Subsidies being taken away, burdensome regulations, high production and finance costs, dwindling incomes, the list of farmer's grievances is long and being addressed not just at national governments, but at the European Union as well. Well, for more on this story, let's speak with Robert Dorsmagen, a cereal farmer in the haute Department in eastern France. And he's also the national director of farming equipment maker Horsch. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on this show. Uh, Robert what do these pictures we just saw of farmers mobilizing in france and around europe
1: inspire you um i, I it's not a surprise uh really because um i'm i'm, I'm working in germany and france and um, uh, this kind of protest I, I think was um we could look forward to, to see that uh what, what is happening now for different reasons uh and um what um i mean the way people are protesting in in several countries of Europe are are, um, are similar, but sometimes also a little bit different. Um, but now we see the protest in the ner- in, a, in the Netherlands, in Lithu- Lithuania, in, in Poland, in Romania, in Germany, in France. Uh, I mean, this protest is um, is really a, a new thing uh, uh, about Europe, and it is really new to see also german farmers on the road uh it's not common normally we saw of course french farmers uh, um uh, which which are intended more to, to to go on the road and to protest but uh, and this is a quite new opportunity and and, and it's something very new yeah Talking about those German farmers,
0: one of their major uh, sort of bones of contention uh, there is um, the role that subsidies played in their day-to-day operations on their farms, uh, especially well, for example, when it came to the, to the, to the diesel that's used in, in tractors. Um, can you give us a sense of how much farmers rely on, on this state support on these
1: subsidies? Yeah, I mean, th- this is one one of the problem, but uh, it's maybe the, uh, how we call it in French, c'est la goutte qui fait des The last it's the, straw. Yeah, exactly. And uh, if you see, uh, we have the same system in France where you get, you pay you pay your diesel uh, and uh, and then you, you, you get a, a payback of, of your tax. And this is about, uh, it's a half of the tax in Germany, which is uh, about 21 cents per liter, uh, what we could get back, and then the the, the German government decided for christmas to um, to get rid of this of this subsidy uh, which really we um, on a hectare uh, it varies we we use about eighty liters to one hundred fifty liters it depends on the way you are uh, you are working so it's 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 about fifteen to to thirty euro uh, uh, per hectare. Uh, uh, more costs we, we, we have to face. But it's not the, it's not the main reason, I think. It's, it's one of the reasons. yeah. The average
0: monthly income for farmers in France in 2021 was around 1860 euros, much lower than the average for private sector employees. As a cereal farmer on your business, are you able to make enough money to run that business efficiently, to turn a
1: profit, to reinvest? Since 2016, we have because we have to face also uh, climate change. We have to face more regulation. We have to face new policies of, of uh, we have less uh, less pesticides, and we are facing more risks and, um, and and we have more regulation. So, I mean, before uh, this, uh, I, um, I earned uh, normally my my my, uh, my salary. Now it is. Um, uh, it becomes more and more risky because we are we exposed to more risk, and uh, in in for instance um, this year, I'm I, I'm selling uh, maybe 50% of my of my production below my costs. So this is not normal and. This is just the part of the of the cereals, but um, the, the main because I, I have no animal production, but for the in the animal production it's more even more uh, more drastic. There are very loud calls for uh, a
0: simplification of of regulations that farmers are faced with health and safety regulations, environmental regulations. Can you give us an example that really illustrates uh, this point then, that farmers are, are are advocating for
1: the, the um, the, the, the agriculture policy wa- was one of the of the fundament of, of Europe, and I, I really, I'm, I'm a very, really convinced European, really. But um, now Europe um, put aims which are not attainable, um, and regulation which are which seems to us quite ridiculous. We have to impose uh, when you have cover crops. The uh, Europe decides when you have to to seed them, when you can destruct them, um, and, and so on. Every everything is really regu- regulated. Brussels is is getting rules which are not always uh, uh, maintainable on on our farms. And the, I, I'm not I'm not um, I'm not growing cows or so on. But I have I have neighbors uh, in Germany, and they have to make a negative declaration. When you think about that. He has, twice a year, he has to declare that he is not using uh, um, uh, antibiotics. And so for everything, you have to make a declaration. And I mean, uh, 20% or maybe 30% of our time is used in, in, in the office just to make declarations, to, to fit the, the, the regulations on. And, and this, is, this is not the right way to be competitive. I don't think so. Robert Dorsmagen, thank you for
0: your insights on this story. As a reminder, you are a cereal farmer in the haute Department of France and the director of a, a farming equipment maker, Horsch. Thank you very much. Well, over two years after first defaulting on its debt, Chinese real estate giant Evergrande has been ordered this week to go into liquidation by a Hong Kong court. This is the latest episode in the downfall of what was once one of China's most vibrant economic sectors. Well, France 24's Yuka Royer joins us on set now for some context on this crisis. Uh, The inflection point for the Chinese real estate sector was in 2020 when new rules were imposed by the authorities in Beijing.
2: Well Charles in China home ownership is very high and as the economy grew it became a popular form of investment. Now the authorities decided to crack down on speculative investment, saying houses are for living. They also imposed limits to borrowing on property developers known as the three red lines. Now first liabilities should not be greater than 70% of the company's assets. And second, total net debt must not be greater than the market value of the firm. And third, the company must have enough cash to pay off short-term debt. Now, this made it more difficult for companies to borrow money, and many found themselves locked out of credit markets and started defaulting.
0: Evergrande's model, as well as many other property groups, was built on the assumption that credit would be easy to access.
2: Well, Evergrande is the world's most indebted company, uh, with an estimated $340 billion in liabilities. Uh, Country Garden and Sunak, also faced huge debt burdens. Now, with easy money, companies uh, developed massive housing projects, ignoring the fact that China's population was shrinking and demand was weakening. At the end of 2022, Country Garden uh, had a real estate portfolio of nearly 130 million square meters of floor area under construction. That's twice the size of Manhattan. In China, apartments are sold before they're completed. So when many of these projects ran into financial difficulties, and started to store, buyers were left with mortgages but no homes. And can we get a sense
0: of how much the property sector represents uh, for the economy?
2: Well, the property sector has been a key driver of the Chinese economy, accounting for almost 30% of GDP at times before the crisis began. But that's been changing. In 2019, real estate investment grew almost 10% over the previous year. In 2022, the figure was reversed and property sales plunged nearly 27% uh, year on year. Now, a decline in real estate investment could have negative spillover effects to other sectors, uh, as well as China's trading partners. um, And also prices of commodities such as metals could fall. Late last year, the International Monetary Fund called on Beijing to take urgent action to restore confidence in the sector uh, and to to mitigate its impact on the financial system.
0: Yukoroye, thank you for that. In the U.S. now, Joe Biden has made it one of the markers of his first term to combat climate change, in part by granting subsidies for the production of electric cars. But further up the value chain, there's one mineral that is core to this technological revolution, lithium. In Southern California, the Salton Sea is home to 30 percent of the world's resources and, as you're about to see, could be transformed by the new industry.
3: The volcanic subsoil on the shores of the Salton Sea is home to one of the world's largest lithium deposits. This industrial site, which produces geothermal energy, is getting ready to extract the mineral, which has become crucial to the Biden administration's green transition. So this is Hell's Kitchen 2. We drilled this well two and a half kilometers deep. That will connect that production well back to the main plant where we start the process. In these tanks, the company filters the brine, extracting lithium and other minerals before reinjecting it into the subsoil. The process required two years of testing and a $65 million investment. It's a win-win situation. There is an abundance of renewable energy and a skyrocketing demand for lithium to make batteries for electric cars. The only way we can get to capacity for this type of demand, where we produce 50 megawatts of power and 25,000 tons of lithium hydroxide, is to replicate... Fortunately here, the brine's the same, so we can drill wells over our 6,000 acres that we have here. The first plant will be operational by mid-2025, and two other companies have similar plans. It's an exciting prospect for a region where the unemployment rate is four times the national average. So this year, the local college launched a training program to meet the labor demand. All of these machines uh, simulate what the industries use for the extraction of the lithium.
1: I think this is the big one. This is one that we've been waiting for, that we anticipate will create thousands of jobs for our local residents, good good paying wages.
3: It's a perfect scenario that could bring the region a billion dollars a year, but it's also raising concerns. The Salton Sea is a salt lake that is dying, a victim of drought. So local organizations are pushing for companies to make serious commitments to protect the ecosystem.
0: Well, that's all for this week. If you want more, you can watch all our previous episodes on france24.com. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to us on our various social media channels. In the meantime, thanks for watching and stay tuned.